Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. It's tough. We just got to keep going. Regroup here and get back to work. Uh, Justin Fields, not a good sign for Chicago right now. He is headed towards the locker room. Justin Fields injured his right hand. You know, we're evaluating it right now. We did take an x-ray. The x-ray is negative. Obviously very confident in myself. Nothing really is going to change for this week. Back to the drawing board. Get ready for Vegas. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Justin Fields drives. The best players got to change the game. We got to find a way as a team to do that. Now, here's Kevin Powell. Welcome into another edition of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell, joined by Herb Howard once again. Herb Howard from the Bigs, live from Hallis Hall. Beautiful day up here in Lake Forest. And Herb, uh, Matt Eberflus wouldn't uh, completely say that Justin Fields is not going to play against the Raiders, but I think all of us would be stunned if he does. They are practicing this week as Tyson Bajan operating as the number one quarterback. Before we kind of get to that and move on to the Raiders, that game against the Vikings, Herb, the first three games were bad for the Bears. Then the Denver game where you saw some growth with the offense. And then a real a, a game that really, I think, sparked some optimism against Washington. So I was like, all right, it's kind of been a you know two stories of this team so far, at least on the field. And then after watching that Minnesota game, I'm like, okay, I'm, I, I think I know what this team is. They are not a very good team. They are not a very good team, KP. They got a lot of holes in a lot of spots. The injuries can continue to pile up. Uh, now, obviously, they have the most important position for them, but I just think that they haven't been able to put it together in terms of game plan, execution. All those things coming together just has not happened for them with the exception of the Washington game, in which I agree with you. It did seem like they kind of had a little bit of a breakthrough and like they may be able to turn the corner and kind of get things back on track here, but um, unfortunately, they, they reverted back to their old ways on Sunday at Soldier Field, and I think that's, that's more likely who they are than the team we saw out in D.C. And such a disappointing start to that game against Minnesota where they lo- they looked overmatched and they looked unprepared. That's deflating. Yeah, I think that they tried to come out with a game plan. I know much was made about that first offensive play that the Bears had where they went to that empty set and, you know, they tried to block six with five and, you know, obviously Justin ended up, you know, being hit. But I think that they were trying to offset the Minnesota Vikings pressure package that they knew was coming. So they wanted to come out and kind of send a message that, hey, you can bring them and we're going to throw against it. And it just didn't work. It didn't work on the first play and it didn't get any better thereafter. And so it never felt like they were really in that game. It was a close game in terms of the scoreboard, but it never felt like they were in control of it or had a significant chance to win. And so uh, just another another bad day at, at Soldier Field. And as much as we wanted to see more victories this season and improvement from last year, of course – Really, at the end of the day, these past couple of years, it's been all about the development and evaluation of Justin Fields. And now we're in a situation where likely going to miss one game minimum. Who knows how much time he could miss. And then we're just back to the Bears being the Bears, right? Because I feel for Justin Fields. I do. I think at times he has felt like he's had to put the entire offense on his shoulders. Uh, I think at times he hasn't been put in a great position to succeed. There's been execution problems. Is some of it on him? Of course, I think there are some fair critiques and some criticism of Justin Fields, whether it's holding the ball too long or maybe not having that that, um, anticipation of reads or throwing receivers open. Fair criticism. But I've said this dude is way too talented. 
he, he's a strong leader, he's a competitor, he's tough, and he's insanely talented. That you've got to find a way to make it work with Justin Fields, in my opinion. You think I'm off there? You think I'm right? What do you think? No, I think you spot on with that, KP. I think that, you know, certainly there are fair criticisms of, of Justin. There's no doubt about that. But I think the majority of the reasons that we've seen him be inadequate are, in some areas are more structural and the things that are going on around him more so than his lack of talent or his inability to get the job done. I think he can be an elite quarterback at this level. I really do believe he has all the tools. I think he has the temperament, the work ethic to do all those things that you would want from a franchise-type quarterback that just hasn't been put in a position to do that here with the Chicago Bears and you talk about the potential of him missing you know a significant amount of time if he misses say four weeks or four to six weeks but if he misses four weeks and you're talking about he comes back and there's seven games left he would have to go on a phenomenal run and kind of look like he looked in the Denver game the Washington game for at least six out of those last seven games for Ryan Poles and his staff to be comfortable with saying okay if we have the number one pick either because of our own record or because of the Panthers, um, we can pass on a, on, a, on a potential generational talent like Caleb Williams. And so uh, right now, not only is, is Justin's short-term future up in the air right now, but you got to think that his long-term future with Chicago is in the air. Yeah, and it's an interesting conversation, right? Because I've, you know, I think there are a lot of fans that want to see Justin Fields succeed and be the guy moving forward. Again, to reiterate, I think Fields has all the tools to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. I really do believe that. I think he's an insane talent. He can make all the throws you want. We know what he can do with his legs. He's a leader. He's tough. All those things. So then we're into this situation where, one, we're already looking ahead of the draft, which gives you an idea of where this season is going. Right? Like, like wow. Um, but I would say this, that if the Bears do get that top pick, whether it's their own or from Carolina, and right now there's a pretty good chance they might. They might get both. They might get both first and second. <laughs> I would say that it would be very difficult to pass on Caleb Williams. I would also say this, too, that that puts the Bears in a very good position where the quarterback spot for the Bears has has never worked here, right? And a big part of it, in my opinion, is because they haven't invested properly into that position, whether it was through the draft or whatever. I mean, Cutler's really been the only productive quarterback they've had, and that took a lot to trade for him. So it's not like it's a bad thing if, for whatever reason, they do still have Fields on the roster and they do have Caleb Williams. Like, do you get what I'm going at? Like, like all of a sudden you have two talented guys at quarterback. It's like that's not a bad problem to have. If we do find ourselves in that situation, as we know, things can happen. Players might not work out. Injuries could happen. It's not a bad thing if the Bears are adding more talent to the quarterback Spot, like you know what I mean. Like it, it beats the alternative of what we've had here in 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 Chicago forever, which there, which hasn't been a lot of talent at quarterback. Yeah, when you haven't had one quarterback in thirty plus years, right. the idea of having two right. like, seems that's, that's pretty cool. That's a good cool. thing, you know. <laughs> like that's not a bad thing, and then you figure it out from there. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you on that, and I, I got to be honest with you, KP. I hadn't thought about that particular scenario. I've always considered it. You know, you go to Caleb Williams, and then you move on from Justin via trade. Um, or where have you. Obviously, he's going to be he's under contract with the Bears for at least through 2024 and then potentially through 25, which I don't know. We'll see what happens with the rookie option. But even if you just talk about through 2024, I kind of assume that they would look for a trade partner, that somebody that wants Justin to come in, so a team like the Atlanta Falcons or something like that, right. and then you say you go with Caleb Williams. I don't know how 
healthy of a situation it would be yeah, to bring in Caleb Williams but still have Justin Fields kind of looming large over his shoulder or vice versa. Yeah. Um, and so I think that would be a very interesting situation. But it would be very intriguing, again, for a franchise who hasn't had one good quarterback right. uh, uh, sustained success to have two guys who could potentially do it would be definitely different. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, who knows? If if they if the Bears do draft Caleb Williams, I think Justin Fields, the type, that type of talent, a competitor, I don't know if, like, what would his role be, you know, in That's that scenario? That's a huge scenario. shadow over yeah. a kid that you might pick at, at number one. It's like, dude, we thought you were the quarterback, but we can't pass on Caleb Williams, so now we're in this situation where we got to figure it out. So that's way down the road, but I think a lot of people are looking ahead because of Caleb Williams, and it's. You know, I think it was a good thing to see him struggle against Notre Dame. I wasn't anticipating talking Caleb Williams here, her, but this, <laughs> but this is where we're at. I think evaluators probably like seeing a game like that sure. for Caleb Williams because you hear nothing but good things. There are very few uh, critiques or criticisms of Caleb Williams, maybe his height a little bit, yeah. but other than that, it's been nothing. Everything I've heard from talent evaluators and scouts and all that stuff, everybody is loving what they're seeing in Caleb Williams. I think when you see a team, when he finally struggle against that Notre Dame team, I think most talent evaluators were probably like, good, we wanted to see something bad on tape, you know? But um, I, I just would not see a scenario where the Bears could pass on Caleb Williams unless Fields misses a week or two and then comes back and is a stud the rest of the way. Yeah, he would have to light it up to leave no doubt that, right. that he's the guy going forward and kind of prove what we're saying to be true because I'm also with you in terms of I think that he is the guy. I think he does have all the tools to be the guy, let me say. Um, but if, if if you don't get a chance to fully evaluate him through the entirety of this season, I don't know how you can pass on Caleb Williams, the, the, the height issues or whatever. I think everything else has been all positive, and now that he does have some bad tape, there are some things to be coached up. There are some things to be uh, improved upon you, and I'm sure the evaluators will continue to see, okay, what are the things he did wrong in this Notre Dame game, and how does he correct those particular things going forward? Here's just a one more nightmare quarterback situation, hypothetical I'll put out there. Fields is, let's just say they trade Fields and they draft Caleb Williams. Fields goes and has a ton of success oh, wherever he goes yeah. next, and Caleb Williams doesn't work out here. That would be the that would, that would be another quarterback nightmare situation for Bears fans. This is just a hypothetical, but you know, I, I think Fields in the right right position can really lead an offense to do some really good things. So I don't know. We'll see. It's it's made for some interesting banter over the past few weeks here about what might be the future here at Hallis Hall. Um, but it is Tyson Bajant. Uh, Matt Eberflus wouldn't confirm it. Uh, Matt Eberflus doesn't like to say a whole lot in his weekly press conferences. Or his post-game press conferences or his pre-game <laughs> press conferences or his mid-game press conferences. Well, he was asked, are you optimistic at all if he can play Sunday and then dance around that and then I said, well, if you haven't ruled it out today by Wednesday, are you hopeful he can play Sunday? Because, <laughs> like, look, if he's not going to answer it, I'm going to keep rephrasing the question for you, Coach Eberflus. And, uh, again, he kind of danced around that. We are all anticipating Tyson Bajan to be the starting quarterback against the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, look, good story for Bajan, right? Undrafted, worked no. his way up to the backup role. Um I don't know what what would be fair expectations of Tyson Bajan moving moving forward, however long that is. I think it'd be fair to to see him perform like a rookie, especially you talk about an undrafted rookie. He did earn his way up the roster to be the backup. He had a really good summer. I think the Bears made the right decision in moving on from PJ Walker, who you know in turn went ahead and beat 
49ers led by Brock Purdy, who everybody's hoping that Bajan's the next Brock Purdy. Um, but I think that you, you have to expect some of those rookie growing pains. It's a, it's a big jump to go from D2 Shepard. I know he played a lot of football there, threw a lot of passes, saw a lot of defenses. And I do think he is calm. And I think he generally knows where to go with the ball. But there are just some things that are going to happen to him in the middle of a game that he's going to make some of those rookie mistakes. And you hope they aren't the critical ones where they turn into scooping scores the other way or they turn into game in interceptions. But he's going to have some of those mistakes. It's about his ability to limit them and when and where they take place and and can uh, they, the Bears play complementary football enough to kind of supplement those things? Can they play well enough on defense and in the kicking game to kind of offset some of those growing pains that you're going to see from, from a rookie quarterback in this league? I think one of the most disappointing parts of that loss to the Vikings was the pass protection because it was good against Washington. And this offensive line as a unit as a whole over the past two, three years really has, has been a problem. And you, the hope is Ryan Poles, with the offensive line background, can kind of reshape it and, and finally solidify that unit. And they had a strong game against Washington in pass protection. That was not the case against Minnesota at all. I think, to me, that was one of the more disappointing parts. And the whole snapping the football thing, wow. I've never seen a team struggle to snap the football for full four quarters, maybe at any level, Herb. So, um the, the offensive line moving forward, and we don't we don't even know what it's going to look like. Again, Abraflus was asked. He says it's a week to week thing. We'll see who, what it's going to look like. But um, if if Justin Fields is running for his life, and he's one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league, Tyson Bajan better be getting that ball out quick, and they better have some some stuff planned for him uh, to get rid of the ball. You got Max Crosby you're facing on Sunday against the Raiders. He his name was mentioned today at Hallis Hall. So look, I thought Bajan, you know. Right when he went in, I was like, gets hit from behind, the fumble, leads him down to the touchdown. He's driving with a potential game-winning drive. And actually, the throw to Moore was the correct decision there. I mean, Moore had man. One-on-one. That should be automatic. Right. Just a little underthrown, a little bit of pressure. So, you know, hopefully they can find ways to just put him in a position to succeed um, and play to his strong suits. But, I, you know, hopefully the defense could put another strong performance together. We don't even know who's playing quarterback for the Raiders at this point, but... I don't. Do you feel like it's a winnable one for the Bears? Sure, I think it's a winnable game, but I think that everybody who has the Bears on their schedule also looks at it as a winnable game. They've played one good football team, KP. They haven't played a lot of good football teams. They played the Chiefs. That's the only good football team. The Packers, not a really good football team. The Buccaneers, not a really good football team. The Broncos, the Commanders, the Vikings, these aren't really good football teams they've played. And, you know, they still haven't been able to, to overcome them. And so you talk about a defense who gave up 19 points, what, 220 yards against the Vikings. You expect to win a football game like that. And they just weren't able to. And I think it does go back, at least on Sunday, to the offensive line struggles you were talking about. It was happening early in the game when the Bears' uh, second drive when they were down there trying to go in for a touchdown. And you have Justin Fields waiting for Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney, who are about to pop open, but he just doesn't have the time to give him the ball because of, of the miscommunication up front. And then the same thing happened to Bayesian. He does doesn't have the athletic ability that you were talking about to kind of get out of those situations. And you see the sack fumble, even on the game in the interception. You had a bad snap, takes his eyes down, messed up his footwork, messed up his timing. Then you got an offensive lineman getting walked back into his face. All those things impact him. Now he grossly underthrows the ball. I needed a 360 on the throw. Did you see that? Like he threw the ball and completely spun around. I've never seen anything like that. Um, but, you know, he's going to make those mistakes, especially when you have breakdowns around him so you would like to see you know the offensive line kind of solidify itself and give him a fighting chance I do think he has some skills I do think there are some things he does well in terms of getting the ball out of his hand on time and into the right spot but if he doesn't have the time he doesn't have a chance well here we are what is it week seven Herb and uh 
Most of the conversation about the quarterback spot, right? Short-term, long-term, it's the same old story with the Chicago Bears here in Lake Forest. Uh, any other thoughts moving forward on this team, what you want to see? Um, I don't even know. I mean, it's as you, as you kind of mentioned, all those teams they've lost to already, I'm like, well, that's that's kind of a scary thought, right? Like, they are 1-5 right now, and they really haven't played any good teams so far. No, you talk about, you start looking down the schedule and say, okay, where can they find some wins? Is the Raiders game winnable? They got the Panthers coming. Can they be the same? Like, sure. I mean, any given Sunday you can win in this league, but they haven't shown the ability to be able to do that, certainly not with any consistency. And so I think that they've got to kind of settle their own issues and find their own answers before they can start figuring out, you know, is this team beatable? Is this is this team winnable let's act, let's start there right can you guys win a game and so um that that's really what you want to see them try to get healthy especially on that back end you thought they were going to get healthy a little bit you had Jalen Johnson coming back and Kyler Gordon Eddie Jackson came back then he couldn't finish the game and so uh you want them to get healthy on the offensive line as well they continue to have all those different uh rotational pieces happening up front and that's not good for anybody especially not any of these young quarterbacks that they have and so um health will be number one but then some sense of of an identity in terms of who they want to be offensively what are you going to lean on do you want to run the ball you're going to run some play action what what type of things are you going to do to say okay if, if, if nothing else we can do this and i don't know if they know what that is just yet so i would like to see them find some answers to those questions and then we'll see if they can find a way to win a couple of games but i think it's very very realistic that the bears will be picking twice in the top five that's herb howard always good stuff read his stuff at the bigs follow him on twitter at herb howard 411 do i have that correct that is correct <laughs> that is correct uh herb thanks a bunch man appreciate always it. a pleasure kp thanks for having me that's herb howard i'm kevin powell thank you to brian Altzheimer and ernie scatton for their help producing the podcast thank you for listening this is the wgn radio football podcast